Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics news fans, DC Comics fans, fans of comics, fans of lists, fans of podcasts about comics and lists, whatever your reason for showing up, I welcome you. You've arrived at the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, and this is episode number 93. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. It is my absolute pleasure each and every week to bring you my top five picks from DC Comics. Now, most recently, you might have noticed that that list has been altered in a way to consider certain titles simply because they're on a much shorter run. I choose these books not just because I feel that they are strong contention, contenders, contestants for the uh, top five list, but I also know that oftentimes, even if the story structure might not be as sound, compelling, or even comic literature as other books that are on the list, I also know that if they provide information going forward, oftentimes that will exceed the normal situation that I determine these books by. It will move past whatever those regular measurements are, simply because I know the value and importance of these stories as we're moving into what seems to be a series of changes for DC Comics, whether it's their DC Universe app, uh, the Generations, the Future States, the recent passing of the Death Metal series, uh, the upcoming Infinite Frontier. There's a lot going on with DC, and in order to make sure that that information is getting to you, I'm sometimes going to leave off certain books. For example, I'm totally aware of the fact that I left off Batman Catwoman 3. I think it's a beautiful book. I think what Tom King is doing is building this library of gorgeous works that for so many started with Mr. Miracle, but uh, for longtime fans predates that to his work on uh, Grayson. So whatever reasons there might be to determine a list week by week, I make a lot of those, and I'm also happy to ever answer any questions about that. I know how gratifying it is to know that I'm at episode number 92 recording for you, with you, talking about these great books, and I can't do it if you're not there. So, please, if you ever have a question about why I left something off a list or why a certain title that I agree would probably demand being there wasn't on there, I'd love to hear it so I can let you know, because 
Sometimes it's a little fun. Bring you on behind the curtains, give you a peek. Kicking things off for episode number 92, I am happy to share with you Future State Superman Worlds at War, issue number two. Now what I love about this series is that, one, it's it's only like two issues, and it's essentially a bridge. It, with a lot of the Future State titles, something that you might be catching as you're reading through them, as you're hearing about them, is that they're offering a possible glimpse, or a glimpse into a possible future, however you choose to phrase that, that's your business. <laughs> but Death Metal came to an end, and, and with its ending was a new beginning, and along with what was known of the multiverse is now the omniverse and there are so many places for stories to be told so many ways they can so many places that they can take place in now and all be considered part of the living history of dc comics future state is one of those it's a possible future it's a glimpse not too far into the future but just far enough that things feel and seem very different from what we know right now and also appear to be not so far away that there aren't familiar characters only appearing to have been on a longer timeline than we uh, had previously experienced them. So now that we get to see them in these places, the uh, first story in this one, uh, man, The Many Deaths of Superman. What a really gorgeous creation by Philip Kennedy Johnson. I swear this guy really blew me away with his Last God series, and I think what he's doing now with the uh, Superman, Justice League, House of L, I mean, really, it's it's pretty phenomenal stuff, and it's exciting to see what he's doing and, and what he's bringing. Mikel Yannan's art, Jordi Belair's colors, Dave Sharp's letters, Mikel Yannan's original cover, and a Ricardo Federici variant cover make this a really gorgeous collection. And in it is also a bit of a, a mystery that people on Earth are trying to solve, where it introduces a few characters that we saw back in the Future State Worlds at War number one. And in that, we get a sense of the legacy, the almost faith that is built around Superman, especially since he's no longer on planet, while his son John has made some questionable choices about places like Metropolis and come to conflict with others. Uh, Superman, the original, is elsewhere, and we find out that he is on Warworld, that he is fighting, and that his reasons are his own. He has a belief that he can break the chains that bind those who, like him, are fighting for their lives. But man, there is a secret in there. There is one of those spoiler moments that I simply cannot give to you. I can only tell you that once you read it, you recognize just what a different situation Superman is in and how trying it is. I mean, one of the great things I, I heard from a good friend once was that the great writers take the characters we love and they push them to the limits and they push them farther. Superman's been pushed and prodded and broken and twisted and killed and brought back to life and done so many things that most other heroes uh, look at only in awe and wonder, and yet he does it maintaining all of those great qualities that are not only displayed in this beautiful story, a story that is shared through a letter that is actually not a letter, it's a new story that was written by Clark Kent. And it's a revelation by someone on Earth about who they see Superman as and why they believe Clark Kent's Superman is still alive, even if he's not on the planet at the moment. 
And it's a narrative that continues as we experience what Superman is going through on Warworld, what it is he's fighting for, what he's fighting against. And we get a hint of just how impossible his mission is, just how difficult it is that, well, only a Superman, only someone with those great qualities that we love and admire can really do. And it's a gorgeous story. It sets us up perfectly because it it has this lovely sort of cliffhanger that lets you know this gets carried over in Superman House of L. Will you see that on a future episode of DC Comics New Spinner Rack? Ooh, that could get interesting. I can't make any guarantees about that. There's a big maybe. Then again, it's also one of those things I absolutely live for. Like, it's just such a thrill. I mean, how can I not? Who knows? Uh, Second story in here, Time and Effect. Gorgeous piece of work here by Brandon Easton, uh, Valentin Delandro, gorgeous art, uh, Marissa Louise colors. I mean, man, there's something about the way you can make light in space have a relevance that no other artist I've seen does. And definitely recognizing that uh, from Marissa Louise, Dave Sharp on the letters, a, uh, a lovely story about Mr. Miracle a lovely sort of introduction to another side of Metropolis and another side of, well, the story that's being told about War World and those who are trying to change it, those who are trying to make a difference, and a lovely twist on time travel, what it is that makes one thing exist in our present and later in another present and how it is that a difference in how time is recorded, how it's experienced can really (laughs) change the structure of a narrative. I love that this is also an incomplete story. Instead, it is something that, you know, provides a launching pad that offers up a suggestion of where you can sort of look next when it comes to the future state titles, because One of the big challenges with them is that they are showing a glimpse of a possible future. But at the same time, they are also showing how glimpses of these possible futures are are connected. And that through those connections, we have an opportunity to experience things uh, a little differently than we might before. We get the opportunity to uh, go for a little bit more interesting of a journey, (laughs) if that helps. Maybe it doesn't, but what I love the suggestion is that as you keep reading through these stories, there's this, is this the end? And you realize we are only just beginning a great adventure. The third story in this great book, Midnighter Future State Part 2, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad providing a really interesting, fun story with Midnighter versus someone who looks like Apollo, but clearly doesn't act like him. Michael Avon Deming on the art with Jordi Belair providing the colors, Travis Lanham on the letters, and really a lovely, <laughs> a really lovely, fun story, beautifully written, wonderfully drawn. Uh, the interesting thing I've noticed recently uh, about the art in this Midnighter series is that it provides for me like glimpses of things that I've seen in Riley Rossmo's work, who I really loved and I featured on the Martian Manhunter series, but I also love the introduction it suggests to different art styles that are being used to tell these great DC stories, how Future State can look a little different with some really interesting uh, decisions when it comes to artists. 
And then finishing up after the Midnighter, we get another really fun story. And this one has to do with the Black Racer. And it's haunting. It's it's very challenging. It leaves you with a lot of questions. It opens up possibilities. Oh, and that Midnighter story? Yeah. It picks back up in Action Comics number 1029. So the great thing is, as you're looking through this really fun issue, is an opportunity to not only um, experience stories that take place somewhere in the future, but can also, in unexpected ways, continue on into the regular books that we'll be picking up now that Future State is winding through its second half for a lot of these different titles. I really recommend this book, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts and what you thought about it as well. One of the fun parts about this is I'm telling you my picks, but it's about what you think as well. That always makes it fun. Thanks to everyone who has responded. Always appreciate hearing your thoughts. For my second book, I bring to you with great pleasure Immortal Wonder Woman, Future State, a really lovely title. Now, not only is this cover gorgeous, but at the same time, now, not only is this cover gorgeous, but at the same time, Wonder Woman Future State is a really just a fun look at uh, what the future could look like through the eyes of Wonder Woman. Uh, an interesting twist on what this take of for Superman is, how far in the future this is, what, what Earth this might be taking place on, um, and also why it is that the future glimpse of Superman in this story is different from the one I was just telling you in Worlds at War. And the comparisons behind them, for me, it gave me actually a really fun flashback to the uh, Armageddon crossover, the 2001, back in the uh, mid-90s. One of my first experiences with a crossover. I know, haven't been in comics that long, but for me, that one was sort of an introduction to what the whole idea of tracking all of these annuals was and following these stories as they cross through. Uh, in that, there was a version of Superman who features some costume elements that I thought I recognized in this great story. Great thing about this story, we once again have uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, which is uh, a really nice combination. I love what they were doing in the book we were just talking about. We also get the opportunity to enjoy the beautiful art from Jen Bartel, the... Uh, Letters by Pat Brousseau, and a gorgeous cover by Jen Bartel. It's really quite lovely. Um, Becky Cloonan provides the variant cover. They're both gorgeous. I recommend them both. Not only is this first story a powerful testament to the unyielding, unrelenting brilliance of Wonder Woman, but it also suggests that what she is becoming, how we can all potentially face what our ending might be, is heartfelt, hopeful, and a gorgeous reminder. And it leads perfectly into a new story that I really loved. We get to see more of Nubia in this story. We had the opportunity to take a glimpse um, previously in Immortal Wonder Woman, and I love how this story picks up. It tells us not only more about the challenges she's going to be facing, but the fact that this is only the beginning of a relationship for her that is a series of questions and doubts and trusts. Um, it's a really fun story, 
written by L.L. McKinney, who has really impressed me recently. I got the chance to review uh, Nubia Real One, and L.L. McKinney offered up a really fun take there. So uh, seeing the same writer approach this character from two different ways for two different audiences and so masterfully, I highly recommend it. Um, Gorgeous Pencils by Alithia Martinez. Um, Really great inks by Mark Morales, Emilio Lopez on the colors with Becky Carey providing the letters and in all of their collaboration, a gorgeous, really rich and intriguing, full of mystery and lots of strands to enjoy as far as stories go for Nubia. And I'm looking forward to seeing where we get to see her next appearance. Stay tuned. I'm sure you'll find it here on an upcoming episode. We have gotten through our first two books, which means it is time to take that almighty ad break, catch up on all the great things going on here at DC Comics News, make sure you're in the loop, and bring you on back for my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Don't worry, when the ads are over, I'll be here when you tune back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNews35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I 
Fan the Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman the Animated Series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. (laughs) Not getting rid of the Santa hat. (laughs) Available exclusively on YouTube.
And as promised, the ads are over and we are back. Episode number 93. For the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, your host Seth Singleton, first two books out of the way, third one coming up now. My little pitbull, Fiji, is hanging out. You're going to hear her collar jingle around a few times. Hi, honey. She's a sweetheart. And sometimes she wants to get right next to the mic, but I'm preventing her a little bit, so now I'm getting sad eyes. Hopefully this will be okay. Maybe if I can get her to just lay down just a little bit, and then I can go ahead and give her some pets and let her know that she's still a good girl. All right, honey. Let's get through this, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that's my sweetheart, Fiji. She's a lover. And nothing I like better than to sit back on whatever free time I might find and read a great story. And if there's one kind of story I've actually come to love... It is a caper, one in which a heist is being committed and you're rooting for the person committing the heist because they're just so likable, which seems to be the case with almost every Catwoman story I read, especially those written by Ram V. Now, man, what he's done already with the regular Catwoman series has been phenomenal, especially her moving back to Alleytown and trying to make a mark for a community that she came up in, but she, for a period of time, left behind and is now returning to and taking on a leadership role. Great story here, uh, with wonderful art by Otto Schmidt, with letters by Tom Napolitano, Liam Sharp cover, you know how much I love Liam. And if you don't keep listening, you'll hear me say it a lot, or just go back and listen to some old episodes. Trust me, I say it plenty, especially when I'm talking about his Green Lantern series, but... Love seeing the other work he's doing on other projects. That's my French Bulldog Bruno over in the distance. He's got that snorbling, snarbling, but don't let that distract you from the fact that there's one more credit I did not get the chance to mention, and that is Heacham Habchi. So the dogs got a little bit excited. We're going to give them a little bit of break over to the yonder. You might still hear the faint low rumblings of my French Bulldog Bruno. His snore can, like, really probably register seismically at some point. But here we are with the Great Train Robbery finale, this really fun story that features Wonder Woman really being pushed to her limit, but at the same time doing that thing that makes her so much fun to read. She's firing on all cylinders. She is taking down all comers. She is not threatened by overwhelming odds, and even when she seems at her last hope, hope reveals itself in the image visage of not only her in the eyes of many dc fans true love but also the person he's there with on a separate mission one that coincides with catwoman's and brings us to a really lovely story that makes it a lot of fun to move into the fact that this was a gorgeous five out of five pick a great way to bring us to the middle of this episode and a perfect launch into my fourth choice. Why do I say perfect? And that has to do with the fact that my next choice is actually the next Batman. Uh, written by John Ridley with art by Laura Braga. Breakdowns by Nick Darrington. Colors by Arif Priano. Letters by Clayton Cowles. Original cover by LeJean and variant cover by Jim Lee, Scott Williams, and Alex Sinclair. It's all gorgeous stuff. It's all so much fun to collect and read. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's quite phenomenal, and it's a lot of fun to, to see the direction that 
the next Batman takes, the challenges that he's facing, the conflicts that he has, both professionally, personally, what it's like to be that great enemy, and also to know that even when you're trying to do the right thing, there's a strong chance that there are going to be people, especially the people you care about, who are going to disagree with you vehemently, uh, to a degree that feels so uncomfortable. You ask yourself, why would I even keep doing this if the people I love won't support me? Well, oftentimes it's because there is something bigger going on. There is a purpose greater than yourself, and it's one of those things that Batman has always aspired to. It's why he has always risen above challenges that us mere mortals would simply not be able to overcome. And it's why the next Batman has to be able to do the same thing and is proving in this great John Ridley story that not only is that possible, but it's part of the reason why this Batman, the next Batman, the future for Batman is about understanding all of those great things that made it possible for him to survive this long and why handing off the mantle means also sharing that responsibility that burden and it's it's not always a great thing i mean you have to keep in mind batman struggles to have a lot of the normal things the rest of us take for granted in life and because of that his situation in future state hasn't been impressive i mean right now in the future state stories bruce wayne is simply a name you don't want to have because it means everyone's trying to get you, and that's not pleasant. Now, the great thing about this, uh, the next Batman, is it also features uh, a few additional stories, which has been really fun part of some of these bigger names like Batman and Superman, where you know you're going to get a great main story, but you also know that because there's an opportunity with Future State to tell more than one story, and if you're going to tap into the fact that DC Comics has really done wonders when it comes to not only anthologies, but packing in those short stories, those backup stories, those stories that are a wonderful addition and that I've loved in all the different ways that we've had the chance to see them. So when it comes to this next time around, well, our second story features Batgirls. We're in part two of that story. It features a story by Vida Ayala, art by Aneke, Trish Mulvihill providing the, uh, or Mulvihill, excuse me, providing the colors, Becca Carey with the letters, and a story from inside, well, a very unpleasant place that most of us would probably do our best to avoid. And yet at the same time, that's the very reason why they're telling stories about people <laughs> like this, and not so much about people like you and me. It's not a terrible thing, but when you keep in mind the fact that it's a detention center set up by the magistrate. I wouldn't want to be there either, but I hope if I did end up there, I'd try and account for myself the same way we get to see uh, this amazing story play out with the characters known as the Batgirls, what they might be showing us for the future and stories to come, and just how dangerous it is, dangerous it is <laughs> to be a Batgirl. The things you have to take on, the people you gotta fight, Sure, there's going to be some rewards, and there are some lovely moments that suggest just what it is they're capable of. But man, it's also a reminder. These Batgirls, they're tough. They take on things, they take on amazingly difficult things. And somehow, they do it with a panache that 
I'm not going to say I'm completely envious of because I think it's fairly evident from the way I'm describing it. It's a, it's a really great collection that they all have in one book, and it's a reason why the next Batman is really just a joy to enjoy and why it is that DC continues to prove just what it does so well when it comes to these great stories and so much fun that can be had for those willing to explore them who can see just what it is they have to offer and why Future State Alone is such a great suggestion to so much more. My fifth and final choice, an easy one for me, also because at the beginning of this episode I was pointing out how so many of these titles I'm including have relevance beyond their appearance here on this list, but also what they're going to be doing in DC Comics in the future. Shazam number two is no different from that. What we have is an opportunity to experience just what it is happen when he made the deal with Neron to try and provide protection for his team, for the rest of the world, and why it is that no good deed goes unpunished when you're a superhero. When you're a superhero, it's going to be difficult. And also, when you make a deal with the devil, as this story points out, the devil's due always comes. Tim Sheridan's script is backed up by lovely pencils by Eduardo Pansica. Julio Ferrer provides the inks with Marcelo Maiolo providing the colors, Rob Lay providing the letters, Bernard Chang and Marcelo Maiolo providing the original cover, and Gerald Perel providing the variant cover. Take your pick. You're going to love them both. I, uh, I know I've heard from more than a few folks on DC Comics News how expensive it's getting, but then also how when you come right down to it, it's simply too, too good to resist. Now, the thing I love about this Shazam story is it connects us not only to events that have been occurring in the future state Teen Titans, but also to other characters who cross between these two titles and have a shared history. And what it means now that Shazam has made a deal with Neuron, and why it is that some elements, potentially the vengeance of God, might feel like they need to step in. So there's also the reason why he did it. And it's pretty clear that Shazam knew there would be consequences for his choice, but he also felt that what he was doing was protecting everyone else from something that could not be controlled in the one place where it could be kept safe. And also because it happens to be someone that they care very much about but who's also in grave danger. And sadly, when they're in grave danger, the rest of us are in grave danger. How does the story all work out? You got to read it for yourself. I highly recommend you get the chance to experience Shazam 2. It leads so well into upcoming stories. And as it points out at the end, uh, it's going to continue in Future State Black Adam. And also, it has ties to Teen Titans Academy and potentially more in its connection to DC Comics and the stories that are being told out of Death Metal, Future State, Infinite Frontier, and so much more. So that's why Future State Shazam number two was my fifth and final choice. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm well aware of the fact that there were some other books I really wanted to include. I also thought Future State Nightwing 2 was a really great choice, but there simply 
are only five spots. And when it came to the ones that I want to make a connection to, I felt like these books offered more towards those upcoming books we'll be talking about in future episodes and will be part of so much more we'll be talking about as DC Comics fans. I stand by my decisions, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can always find me through DC Comics News. Just shout out to us. Say, hey, I got something to say about DCN Spinner Rack. Tell us the episode. Tell us the question. Use the at symbol, DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. All one word, it's DC Comics News, and it's that sort of bat signal in the sky that lets us know what you're thinking and how. We can give you some answers, or at least let you know why we did what we did. When it comes to me specifically, you can always find me on Twitter and other social media channels. Uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, one more singleton. In the greater, wider, just type my name, Seth Singleton, in the word story into a search engine. Let me know what you find and where you find me. Make sure you never miss an episode of DC Comics News Podcast Network, whether it's new episodes of The Spinner Rack, whether it's uh, the weekly podcast movies, television, streaming, comics, and more news coming directly to you all through a great, wonderful podcast team that also gets to snare some pretty awesome guest interviews. We've had some fun ones more in store. We also have great content like episode-by-episode breakdowns of Batman the Animated Series and I Am the Night, hosted by our very own Steve J. Ray. We have DCN After Dark on YouTube, hosted by our very own Kelly Gaines. We have the episode-by-episode breakdown of Harley Quinn from DC Universe and now on HBO Max in a podcast known as Mad Love, and so much more in store, on the way, just waiting to be discovered when you guarantee that you've subscribed on your favorite podcast network, on YouTube, and all the other places we'll be letting them know about here and so many other places. Subscribe to the Podcast Network now. You'll never miss out. You'll get the newest stuff. And you'll make sure that you're here. When I come back around, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Talking about comics, my top five picks. That's why I'll be back next time. Until then, a little reminder we always like to send your way. And that is to always read more comics. Have a great one.